0: Hello and welcome to Sound Heal Podcast. I'm your host Natalie Brown, and thank you so much for joining me as we continue to explore the fields of sound therapy, sound healing, and generally, the use of sound for health and wellness. Today our guest has a relation to our previous guest from last month, Nestor Kornbloom, And thank you so much for listening to that episode for your, for your comments and support of that episode. And I'm really looking forward to actually taking an overtone singing course with Nestor coming up later this month into June. So that should be really fun. So our episode today is with Michelle Averard, who is married to Nestor. She's also the co-director and co-founder with him of the Association of Sound Therapy and Harmonic Studies, and she's an internationally recognized sound therapist, singer-songwriter, and an author as well, and so we explore her main focus, really, of freeing your voice in a way to, to heal yourself and to fully express your authentic Self. So it's wonderful to talk with Michelle. I think you'll really enjoy her energy as well and her story. She's very open, very honest, and uh, it's a really interesting podcast. Also, just to mention, this was recorded through Zoom. So there's just a little bit, uh, a couple times, a little bit of a connection issue between the United States and Spain. So you'll just hear a couple glitches here and there but shouldn't take away from uh, the podcast. And if you would like to watch the video and actually see our conversation, you can find that at youtube.com Heal studio. This podcast is sponsored by the Ohm Shop and Spa. The Ohm Shop is located in Sarasota, Florida. And you can also find them at theohmshop.com to check out all their vibrational tools sound healing instruments, and all of their offerings, including some classes that I will be teaching there later this year. So thank you so much to the Om shop for their sponsorship, and please enjoy this episode with Michelle Aberard. Okay, Michelle, thank you so much for joining me, and I really appreciate you being a part of this podcast and joining us from, I believe, the Dome Center in Spain. Is that right? Thank
1: you, Natalie. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, uh, from Spain, and I would love to say sunny Spain, but we haven't seen the sun for a few weeks. It's been oh. quite crazy here. So it's raining again today. Um, it'll change. It'll change. <laughs> well, why don't we
0: start with uh, your background a bit? You know, where, where you're from, what your upbringing was like. I know that you were very much encouraged to explore. Uh, your talents and gifts from a young age. So just tell us a bit about, about your background. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, let's see. It's a long time ago, you know, (laughs) let's see. Definitely, definitely uh, encouraged because both my parents were uh, showbiz people in those days. You know, they called themselves showbiz people and they did a variety of different things like dancing and singing and acting. You know, it was in those days you had to do a little bit of everything. It was like the Shirley MacLaine kind of, you know, the whole all rounder and I was their only child. So it was a lot of pressure, there was a lot of pressure put on me to to forget about education in the more normal sense, but um, just to embrace the artistic world, which is obviously something that all children love to do, but when they're pushed to do it, then it's, you know, it's it's a whole different uh, scene, it's a whole different experience. Um, but I I do thank them. I mean, there, there were times, but I do thank them for, for having supported me for sure uh, with that, and especially for having supported me to find a way to um, express myself and to really, I, I think, start a sound therapy therapy on myself at a very young age, because they certainly gave me enough to to need to heal, <laughs> so that's what I would do. I would go out there as, at a very young age, and I would, uh, you know, commune with nature, and I would just sing. That's what I did, and that was my thing. Yeah. So I actually think that most children um, find a way of, of surviving their parents. They find a way, and it's usually through some creative art, you know, either by singing or dancing or, or running or something that, that helps them to, to release what they need to release. And that was mine. Mine was to, to commune with, with my environment, you know, to sound out, actually. Of course, I didn't know what I was doing in those days, but I was toning. <laughs> That's what I was doing. And it worked.
0: Yeah, and I think it's um, quite natural. I mean, we think about um, children, um, kind of humming or, or singing as a coping mechanism, or, or just creating their own songs. Or they're just very vocal uh, releasing sounds in general. And in a way, it's it's almost like when we're younger, we're always told to be quiet. Um, you know, whether it's Absolutely. in the classroom or the home, um, perhaps that's kind of for some of that constriction begins for some people so yeah finding finding a way to bring that back I know is a big part of your work but you know what before we get to that um I know that you you really did train as a musician and you were a singer songwriter do you want to talk a little bit about how that developed
1: too well the idea of training let's see I went to all the right schools that's (laughs) That was it, but I was never a very good musician, um, especially the piano teacher. I I actually hated my piano teacher. I, I never did anything right. And I hated the scales, and I hated anything like that. So I don't think, you, you, you know, I don't think any of my music teachers would actually say that I was trained in anything. What I loved to do was just to to bash about on the old piano at home, um, you know, and also on one of my father's, one of my dad's guitars. Um, but no, I don't think I was officially trained in anything like that. But yes, I uh, stumbled back into the world of art, of of, uh, being a performer, after many years of having uh, denied it and really want to had to run away from it because I was pushed so much as a child, you know, to be on the stage, to give them a song, to, well, you know, (laughs) those kind of, uh, you can imagine that kind of uh, uh, childhood where everything is glamour and everything is an opportunity for a Hollywood scene or something like that, you know. And so I ran, I ran away from that. I was just, I really just wanted to be a hippie um, you know, a privileged hippie, of course. And so I did a lot of traveling around the world. And it wasn't until I had my son, actually, uh, Shai, who was born in Israel. I, I ended up in a kibbutz in Israel, and and I had my son in Israel. And it was then that I wanted to to sing to him, you know, to start with the lullabies. And so he, he kind of like was, yeah, was the reason, the focal point that I came back to sound, to song. And so then, of course, I bought myself a very old guitar. Uh, Well, not not an old guitar, actually, but a very cheap, cheap guitar. And on that, um, I started writing. And I found that uh, I think I must have saved a lot of money in therapy bills by, you know, those late night tunes that when you're there at five o'clock in the morning, you know, still hanging on the A minor and the E minor because it's always around those minors. And then in the morning, when you actually listen to your recorded stuff and you think, well, actually that was, it was, sounded really good last night. That's not so great this morning. But anyway, you know, things like that. But my words and my songs, and I still have a basket full of those songs that one day I'm always saying, my daughter actually encouraged to mama, you have to record all your songs so that led me to to looking for um a band and then I started to to perform my songs but again it was it was a disastrous um it was a disastrous Avenue because it was all about ego it was again rekindling, kindling that, that whole um, idea that yes I wanted to be famous and so it was all the solar plexus energy stuff you know and it's soul destroying it really is soul destroying well it, it isn't soul destroying if you make it but if you don't make it then it is soul destroying and uh, but it was wonderful because I'm so happy that I did do that because it was it was on that one occasion when Basically, my band had left me, my lead guitarist, uh, who was my lover at the time, had left me. And, And a disaster everywhere in my life that I went outside and I couldn't take my guitar with me and I couldn't sing any of my songs because it reminded me of what I was, you know, upset about. And I went outside and I just howled, basically I howled to the moon and I suddenly remembered in that moment, you know, how healing just the howling or the humming like you mentioned before, or just the toning, you know, just the expression of, of free sound can actually be. It was, it was, it was like one of those aha moments. And I thought, oh, my God, this is amazing. If this is good for me, then surely there must be other people out there doing it. Um, And and I and I would love to share this with other people. And so sorry, if I if I stumble, if I ran a little bit far ahead, Natalie, but it really all kind of like follows into one. The reason why I'm doing what I'm doing today, you know, was because of that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I understand that, and I, I had a really realization myself as a performer. You know, as a musician, the the right. different the difference between being an entertainer, uh, you know, and, and the way that you express music versus, uh, you know, intentionally. Like, why why am I doing this? What is the energy behind it? You know, and it's it's a totally different type of expression, isn't it? Um, yeah, Certainly. it really is. It really is. And was that about the same time you started? Uh, I know you um, did other energy medicine work as well. You studied with people. Yeah. Uh,
1: is that kind of Absolutely. when everything? Yeah. It, it just kind of like once it starts, as you know, this, you know, once you decide this is what I want to do when I grow up, you know, this is what I want to be. And then everything just comes and you think, oh, I could do bit mold this all together and see what happens. And so I started to explore, of course, it woke me up. It was a big wake up call. And I started to explore um, different avenues of alternative uh, therapies and different things. And I did educate myself. I'm a craniosacral therapist. And then I, you know, became, um, I worked with this medium for four years. And so all those things were vital in um in, in do you know in putting together what i like to share now and what we both together with my husband Nestor Kumbhlem we share in our trainings and our, and our and our work but and but i have to say that sound was what brought the magic into all of these modalities because i was all i would i would get bored very quickly i would go to i would Take on a training. I would do a training. I would learn all these wonderful things, and, and then I would think, oh, how can I do this with sound? <laughs> you know, it was always something like, oh, maybe I can get my the Tibetan bowls, or or maybe you know the monochord or something would would lift this up, you know, and um, and so yeah, so it was it was very much um, an integral part. Of everything that, uh, that that I that I am and that I was. Yeah, and why do you think
0: that the voice itself is so important? Because we can apply a lot of these things, like you said, to the monochord, or maybe as a singer or songwriter, the the guitar, but. Why do you think tapping into the voice, and especially in your moment of transformation with the band left and all that, it was your voice that really needed to come through? What do you think the power? Well, because of the voice I
1: think, and I'm sure you ag- I'm sure you agree with this, but i <clears throat> I believe that the voice is the an expression of your energy. It is an expression of your vibration, of course. And it's something that you can't run away from. And before when I was with the band and I had, you know, and I was performing in that way, I was kind of like taking on a persona. I wanted to be this kind of person and so I sang in that way even though they were my songs which at least I was that authentic that they were my songs but still I was stylizing my voice to adapt to to these songs so that I could be that person that I wanted to be you know or I thought that my public would like me to be and then when I just stood out there I couldn't get away from myself, you know. I just couldn't get away from the shadows of myself and also the beauty of myself too. You know, it wasn't that it was all bad. There was there was this tremendous feeling of whoa, oneness with everything, even though it was all you know, schnott and trauma at the time. Um, I just felt, I felt like I'd come home. I felt like I had returned to source, that I was really communing with my vibration. This was me in this moment. This may not be me later on, but this is definitely me in the now. And that that whole sensation is what I believe the voice work more than any of the other healing modalities of sound therapy because as you know sound therapy my goodness it's you know people say what is sound therapy and you know excuse me do you have you know a a couple of weeks and I'll explain to you a few things it's such a huge therapy isn't it you can go in so many different ways the whole thing about sound we're talking about vibration here and so yes yeah, so, so the voice is really key to to helping somebody confront themselves or fall in love with themselves you know uh, recognize themselves be responsible for themselves be in the now with themselves and 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 take the courage to to um to really care about where they're going from now on. So it's all to do with that. It's really coming back to that responsibility for your vibration and you can't hide from it. You can't hide from it. Soon it it catches up. Once you start with the sound work, with the voice work, then there's there's no hiding from yourself. There's none. I'm sure you agree with that.
0: I do. And it had me thinking that you first have to get the person to have the courage to engage. you know, Once they come and, and uh, they start opening up with the voice, they will. But I would have to say that many people might uh, start to learn about the tuning forks or the, or the bowls, but they'll avoid the voice. So how do you get people in to actually <laughs> work with their voice? Because so many people really are resistant to it
1: yeah well this this is what happens very often as you know we do a training because i know you've interviewed Nestor and you've spoken about this but our training basically is they can't escape you know they come to us and they get the whole baggage um so the voice and the voice is the very very first module, it's got to be the first module because it's, and so you you get the people that come in the first evening, they'll say, well, I'm here because I want to learn about tuning forks or i'm here because you know i want to learn about tibetan balls or i'm here because of blah 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 and, and no one's going to say anything about their voice and and very often those people <laughs> i'm sure you've had this experience too. those people are the people that at the end they go oh my god i thought i'd come for that and i actually am so relieved and so happy and so amazed because actually the voice is so so much more important you know this the voice is really going to help me now all this voice work so yes and of course there are shy people but hey you know i'm I'm being quite um powerful speaking in this interview with you but i'm actually not always this dynamic i can also be very soft and gentle and put on my soft voice and and care about people i think not being afraid to to come up to people and to to say in a in a obviously in a very protected way in a very energy conscious way that I don't go into people I mean I don't move uh, I don't cross people's boundaries but in a very heartfelt way and say hello I'm here let's work together, let's, let's do something. I don't expect you to sing like, uh, you know, Maria Kari or, or, or or whatever, or to, you know, to, to, on the first, on the first attempt, there is no pressure, there's no judgment, just any sound will do. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you can appreciate that. That's, That's really very important because people are very fragile, just like you said, and they will close up and if they close up, then you know, there's no, uh, it's not easy to get through. But people I do I I get through to people. Yeah, just really
0: creating a a safe atmosphere and, you know, Mm. encouraging them that it, it doesn't necessarily have to be singing, you know, I mean just expressing your voice um, and uh, gosh, if every time we stubbed our toe, we didn't make a noise, you know, I mean, there's, there's a reason that we, we gasp or we sigh or just release sounds, Um, you know, it's a, it's movement of energy. And so just encouraging that natural expression is
1: probably the most powerful tool that we have. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And don't forget, we know a lot of the people that... Come to our course, and we have international clients, of course, but we do live in Spain, and the Spanish people have no problem expressing themselves at all. You know, in fact, we I've worked also um, in the northern countries, you know, like Sweden and Finland, and um, that that's now, now there. You know, it's quite challenging. Where you've, I remember one time I'd spent the whole day. It was in Finland, and it was a voice workshop, and it was so hard to get any sound out of these people, out of the people in my in my workshop. Um, and I thought, oh, and I even started to think my ego was thinking, oh, they, they hate me, they really don't like me. You know, no one's laughing at my jokes, and they're not even smiling at me. And then um, that evening, uh, a, a guy came up to me, a man came up to me, and he says, um, I just want to thank you so much because this has been the most enjoyable day of my whole life. (laughs) And I had to burst out laughing because, you know, there was just no expression at all from, from these people. And they had actually, they were so sincere and they had loved the work. And the next day they came back and they actually, went for it so it was a question of breaking the ice I guess that first day you know but of course with the Spanish culture and the Spanish nationality that that's never a problem they basically come completely thawed out from the first (laughs) from the first hour in in fact um I don't like to use the word shut up because I believe that we are attacked by the shut ups which I call these kind of Like, you know, I have a vivid imagination. They're like insects that actually make the scarf around our neck and giving pressure to to our throat chakra, of course, uh, so that we cannot express ourselves, even when we've woken up everything else and all the other chakras, you know. Um, But um, sometimes I have to say, hey, let's just tone it down (laughs) a bit. Because, you know, the other thing also, Natalie, is that sometimes the extreme happens and people who are, that, it, you know, that find it easy to express themselves and that are pretty spontaneously loud and whatever, they are, they could also be hiding from themselves, you know? So, um, yeah, and, and so, so it, it's it's an interesting, it's, it's such an interesting work, and always I learn so much from, from everybody about myself.
0: Absolutely. I think that is a really great point, that it's not always a, um, a, in constriction when people don't express themselves. There is the opposite, where, where someone's very vocal, perhaps as a defense mechanism, you know, in a, in a different way. So, yeah, that's a really good point. Now I know you have people that come there to study with you and that you're starting to get things online but you also have your book as a resource. Do you want to talk a little bit about what's offered? I think there's something like 13 techniques in your book. Um, <laughs> yes. If you just yes. want to mention a little bit about about that and I think that's about a, a came out about a decade Absolutely. ago now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes, thank you. Thank you for that, Natalie. Yes, my book, Uh, Free Your Voice, Heal Your Life. has quite um, an auspicious title there, but yes, it's definitely 13 13 steps, you know, I guess 13, I've always liked. I'm a bit of a witch, you know, so I rather like the number 13 And, um, and I thought, my goodness, there are so many more steps actually to freeing your voice. Or maybe there is just one, depends. But having said that, yes, there are 13 chapters, 13 different approaches. Um, And it's it's a journey through um, working with the elements uh, that are contained within the the tomb or the, 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 uh, the, the colors of our voice. Uh, to um, working with the registers. I love the register work because I think that in our, I believe that in our register, you know, there lies our whole history of our life, of our experience in this world is right there contained within those registers. And when you get people to work with the register, then you know they are really um, having that that um, opportunity to 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 see themselves and to to then embrace what there is, and then also to understand what is lacking in their registers as well. And I think that whole idea of of you know the register is such a sensual experience when you really are with your registers, with your sounding, from your lowest to your highest. you know it is it is uh, such a, a beautiful experience of yourself. It's like looking at a blueprint of yourself. You know? So that's part of the work. The other part in in the book is uh, working with the name. I personally had to work with my name, in fact I, I can say quite honestly that everything I've written in that book has been a personal experience of mine because I've had to do that work to heal, to gain confidence, to release, to forgive, you know, to do the whole ho'oponopono on myself. Um, and, and I found that the sound work is, is just it's awesome, isn't it? It's the thing. It's the greatest modality uh, there is to really getting to the crunch of the matter, to really getting there and, and um, priority, you know, it's a real priority treatment. And so I work with the name and the name I'm Michelle and i um, that's a French name my mama was was actually French and Norwegian she was a bit of a mixture there and she called me after her she was also Michelle now when she presented me as a child she would present me as um, um, she would say I'm she would say she was Michelle number one and I was Michelle number two now I don't know if you know anything about English education but um they don't like to talk about, you know, pee pee and kaka and stuff like that. Or well, they didn't, at least not in the sixties. <laughs> We're talking way back, and um, and so number one was basically um, the pee pee, and number two was the kaka. Now, when you're a child, you know you don't. you just see things so black and white, and so when she presented me as number two, it was like. It was horrible. I would cringe inside. I would feel so bad because I really felt that I was maybe the caca, you know, this <laughs> whatever. It was a crazy notion, but it stuck to me as a child that that was my name. And then when I finally <clears throat> asked my mama, you know, why did you call me Michelle? you know, like, like after you, well, she, she didn't help any matters. She said, I called you Michelle to really um, anger your father, you know, so your father would have to say Michelle twice. And of course, that was like, you can imagine, I mean, not only did I have to struggle with my name, but now my name was something that was there as a as a weapon against my father, you know, against all male let's say so to be able and I remember as as a child in school or in any place where they would call me up and they would say my name out loud I would feel I would just want the earth to open up and I would just go in you know and and would just suck me up because it, it was really very awkward and of course I lived in England and my name was becoming very famous by the Beatles in the 60s. And so everybody would sing Michel Bell, you know, to me, uh, cringe, cringe. And then also, um, because it was a French name, um, you know, they would call me saucy, sexy, whatever. I mean, in those days, England was a very different country than it is today. And so I, yes, yes, Natalie, yes. Actually, Natalie is is, is a French name as well. Natalie, I really had to work on my name and I found out that I'm not the only one. I found out that um, 99.5% of the people, you know, have issues or have something surrounding their name and can get so much from it while working with your name. I say, your name is your mantra. You don't have to go to India. You don't have to join, you know, some cult or have some spiritual path and get and receive a special name. Just start with the gift that was given to you as a child, which is your name, because in your name there is the key. There is another blueprint there, just like the register of your whole of your whole life of your whole history. There it is. So I say to people very often. Um, you know if, if if they don't have time to do a lot of work on their name at least every morning when they're brushing their teeth you know take the toothbrush out because it won't sound the same but just look at yourself in the mirror and just recite your name and see how you feel does it feel like it's a tight jacket you know that that you can't wait to take off or does it feel like pajamas that you feel you know some or a jumpsuit that you feel really comfortable in I mean are you comfortable with your name and so there you have it you have your mantra already it's there So do you work with your name, Natalie? Do you work in that way as well with people? I have before. I mean, I certainly work with
0: affirmations and mantras, but uh, I wouldn't say that I I necessarily have done what you've just suggested. And I just had an image in my my mind doing it. I should
1: do that. (laughs) Yeah. It's very confronting. I tell you, it is so confronting and people find out all kinds of things about themselves. And in fact, I would love to write you know, bucket list time, I would love to write another book on just the stories around people's names because they are amazing, it's amazing. And when you're healing that, of course, when you're doing that work and you're healing that resonance of your name, then you are also, I mean, especially if you're going to also work on your surname, your family name, then you are healing, you know, the ancient, you're healing the ancient lines there. You're doing a big work, an ancestral ho'oponopono on the whole family as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, what you're really talking about from your own personal experience, but overall, shifting patterns, you know, and and changing old Mm -hmm. beliefs that really don't do us any good. And, and so that reminds me that y- you also do work with children and a lot of us come to this type of work later on. It's like, oh, I better start changing things. Things aren't working, but gosh, working with children that must be just so magical because they are so receptive. And it's almost this idea that, oh, you can save them before all this, all this stuff happens, you know? So I'm really curious about your work with children, what that looks like. I think that's so wonderful. you've done that
1: yeah that's lovely yeah actually they're they're very scary it is it is a lot easier to work with adults than it is with children you know children see right through you and you can you have to be you in every moment and you have to be so grounded um and attentive because you know i have a, a, a very I have a child spirit, obviously, we all have, mine is very developed still. And um, I I tend to, to go off with the kids, you know, and have lots of fun and everything and forget about, oh, I'm supposed to be doing something, you know. So I'm not a very good uh, professional ch- child teacher in that way. But definitely, um, I enjoy, I enjoy the energy of the children. And it's just, you know, it, it's, it's just so easy uh, to, to see that the way they express themselves and have, well, don't have all the boundaries, of course, and all the programming that we have on everything. and um, And that self-confidence that they have I mean, of course, there are, there, there are children that, that don't have that, but that's usually because of something that's going on at home. It's not anything, you know, it's, it's not a, a normal personality of a child. I think a child would like to and needs to and does express themselves all the time. And if children have got shut-ups already at a young age, then it is, it is very sad. Usually it has to do with brothers and sisters that are bullying them or, or a very dominant parent um, that doesn't allow expression, you know. Hmm. But, de- but these days, children are pretty scary, you know. I mean, they really are. <laughs> They're pretty scary. I mean, they, they've got all this internet going on and they've got, technology and they just know everything you know and oh my goodness me
0: and it's also you know I was thinking about this recently I was I was a public school teacher for 14 years and when I first started teaching you know all the kids didn't have these devices with them all the time but then I saw the progression and I actually saw their communication and interaction change like they weren't Hmm. interacting the same they would just send somebody else a text message which isn't this I don't know it's just really a big shift that happened to these kids and of course talking about vocal work this is all about communication
1: isn't it communication Um, yeah absolutely well that's the interesting thing I mean when I talk about the shut-ups yes we 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 get them the moment we We speak out into this world and especially when we say no, you know, no, the big no word is the one that you're going to get your very first shut up because in the beginning, you know, your your parents or your guardians, your family, they were excited about every sound you made, you know, because who can shy away from a, a baby's cooing and, you know, it's so sweet. But the moment we start to to speak, we you know form a language that is understood. We've been speaking to them before, but now you know it's the official language. Then, when we learn the no word, then that's when we get our first shut up. And for sure, you know immediately at school, of course, education, schooling, you're going to get a lot of shut ups. Um, from your peers, but then what happens is that when you're a teenager, this is something that I know happened to myself, and and I believe uh, this resonates with other people, but when you become a teenager, you know, because we don't have the, the shamans or the tribes anymore, you know, that structure, that would really help us to, to feel good about ourselves, to support those very tough years as a teenagers, um, then what we do is we tend to go towards you know, the crowd and very often those, the, 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 the people that we gravitate towards are not the peop- are not really expressing what you feel in your own heart. But you know some uh, in some moment you're going to just go along with it and say these things that are not really things that, that really are you or really, as I said, resonate with you, but you're going to say these things and, and actually you're going to you're going to shut yourself up just because you want to belong, because you're searching for that community, you're searching for the tribe, you're searching for that experience at that age, at a very vulnerable age. And so there you, instead of just receiving the shut ups, you actually start to shut yourself up, you know? And that's something that we we know, well, we learn very quickly. And of course, society is there and helps you And these days with what you said about communication with the mobile phones and everything, I can't imagine how difficult it must be to be a teenager at the moment. I mean, wonderful that, yeah, you can speak to China and you can speak to New Zealand and you can speak to Alaska, but hey, you know, everybody knows what you're doing and you have to be doing something you know, all the time, or saying something smart all the time. I mean, the pressure must be incredible, incredible.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, that that brings us to another big part of your work is really women's rights, the sacred feminine. Um, You know, I know that's a big focus of, of your work as well. Could you talk a little bit about what that looks like? And Uh, And also perhaps how these things have influenced your music as a singer songwriter, I'd love to hear more about how over time all
1: these things that have shifted your music as well. Well there it is, I mean thank you Natalie, yes there again I mean it's always comes back to you know to the self really. finding out who I was as a woman, you know, having gone through various relationships, uh, uh, two marriages, Nestor is my second husband, and um, having felt a failure as a woman um, on occasions or having felt that I needed to be the best mom. You know, I have three children um, and, and I started, and my first son, I was 23 you know, when I had him and so that was really young. I was a baby myself, although I thought I knew everything at that age, of course, as one does. Um, So really I had to, yeah, it's been a natural path of embracing myself as a woman. And so understanding myself as a woman, embracing all the different aspects, facets of being a woman, what it means to be a woman in this moment, in these interesting times that we live in, um, and then how to sound that vibration, how to give uh, expression to to that vibration, and once I started with the sound work, it was just it, it, it was just something that that led me to to the exploration of the female of the she. And of course, of course, uh, it took me back to my own mama and, you know, and her, uh, yeah, her Hollywood uh, (laughs) showbiz idea of what a woman should be. And then my grandmother, my grandmother was a real character as well. And so, you know, it, it, it was just finding out the expression of that and how you can express it and how... Um, uh, that energy can um, mean something to other women because I do believe that when you work on yourself and when you are truly you and being you in all moments in front of other people then that is the greatest healing isn't it or that is the greatest mirror let's say because when you're doing it for yourself then you can help other people to raise their frequency as we say in the sound world and so so working on myself I just I realized hey you know there are other women out there that that would probably benefit from this work too. So it was quite a naturally, I, I gravitated towards working with women. And in the beginning I called it the sound of woman, you know. And of course, there was a lot of funny things around there. Oh, yeah, women never stop talking. Well, you know, yeah, of course, what's it gonna be all about? Chasa, chasa, chasa. You know, I was like, no, it's not about that. It's about true women, you know, with the wild woman, the crazy woman, the beautiful woman, the compassionate woman, the graceful woman, you know, let's find sounds for all these different archetypes. And, um, yeah, and it took me to some very interesting places around the world, working with women, um, different cultures, again, seeing the differences in society. And, um, and then starting a festival, which I started a few years ago the Moon Festival, and now it's kind of morphed into uh, Festival de Gaia, you know, Gaia, Gaia Festival, and that's, and then I have my beautiful, something beautiful happened from that because then I uh, created a women's uh, musical ensemble, let's say, we're not even that, because none of us really play a lot of musical instruments, but, or we're not a choir either because we don't have um, complicated harmonies going on with our music. But what we do have is we've been together for 11 years and we meet every week. Uh, that is one heck of a commitment that is a relationship you know and I have grown with these lovely ladies and they have grown with me and we have been there for each other it's like a a woman's circle but we sing and the singing is what has kept our friendship alive and kept us together and so um, we're super excited actually because we have a, a new song coming out soon called the I didn't write it. Uh, another uh, another lady wrote it, uh, Laura Patejo, a Spanish woman, um, in our group, and it's called Grito, which is literally translates as cry, a cry out or a scream, and it's it's very um, well let's say it's it's uh, very realistic for the times that we're living in with the with the mask. And everything that we have to in Spain walk around with everywhere. I know in the States because my my son lives in New York and I was just speaking to him yesterday and he said that you don't have to wear it it's not obligatory. Well it is in Spain um, and so you know it's very much this shut up that we have here, you know, visual shut up. And so grito is this cry out. But anyway, I went off a bit. Coming back to my lovely ladies. And so we are called Las Voces de Gaia, the Voices of Gaia. And that has been something very beautiful that I've worked with. So that has been my feminine path. And I'm just one of the voices in that ensemble. And we we have, uh, truly fantastic moments. Happy, happy, happy singing together.
0: And, and growing together, what a beautiful experience, just seeing how everybody grows over all this, all these years together and individually. Yeah, wow.
1: It's we've even happy. had babies. I mean, we've had yeah. babies now. Not myself, because I already had my babies when we started, because my little girl is, well, our youngest, Nestor and mine is is 25. So (laughs) we're just talking 11 years with the girls, but the girls, they are all younger than me and they have had babies. And we've had, you know, we've been there at the births and we have sung in the births and we've had babies from like one week come with us to our rehearsals and to our circle. And we've even had, you know, them on the titty breastfeeding um in in performances as well you know when they just like come on stage and just looking for their mamas you know so it's it's yeah it's it's beautiful it's it's very beautiful and i off that's another part of the book as well i encourage people in the book also that's another step and that is to actually look for those song circles because so many people say oh it's so beautiful what you have i wish i could i wish i wish i said well just, so you have to just do it you just have to say hey who wants to sing with me you know and that's how you start a song circle i'm sure you know this Natalie yeah you know, that that's how you started you started with yourself asking reaching out and asking hey would you like to sing can we get together can we sing What should we sing hmm well let's see let's not make it too complicated we can start off with you know beautiful chants African chants or or chants from around the world or um or or a mantra or mantras you know make it simple 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 and then grow from that and it is a beautiful woman's experience and that is to sing together it is so enriching
0: yeah, I think that's true of any transformation. You start with yourself and then you and then you start to find other people to transform with and, and support each other. Yeah. Just like, you know, what you, you have built together there at the Dome Center. I guess let's get to, you know, what's happening now. Uh, what you just talked about the new song that's coming out, but what other like new projects and exciting things are are coming up for you right now? <laughs>
1: Well, actually, yes, there are lots of exciting things. And I am trying not to think of making, trying not to, trying, trying not to think of new things. And that is something that my family, they just totally despair. I don't know if you resonate with this, but every, I mean, today's Monday, every Monday morning, I wake up with a new idea and I go to them and I say, hey, we could do, and they go, no. So we're really, they're kind of like, you know, my team, I call them my team. They're kind of like running to catch up with ideas. And I've promised them at the beginning of this year, I promised them not to have any more ideas. So this is what we're doing at the moment. Not having ideas, but yes, we have our, our trainings. Our, our beautiful two-week trainings. We found two weeks is is quite a magical time because it's enough time not to get really fed up with each other, um, but it's enough. But but it's a good time to be able to uh, be naked together. You know, with your I mean, just to 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 for the walls to come down and be able to to really shift your energy and in those two weeks it's well we we cover every aspect of sound that we possibly can in two weeks uh without it being an overload you know but um it's a very transformative and inspiring uh journey that's with nestor and myself and that's at the dome um and then we have another other trainings where we get other facilitators on board where we're doing the healing voice and that's different modalities of you know looking at the voice um again we we have nada brahma yoga um we do um uh, kanta Ma, um, sorry uh, mama canta with, with a lovely lady from barcelona and this is all like postnatal work it's you know uh, about birthing it's like being a working with helping um through the pregnancy and then after the pregnancy and then with little children and then we have another guy that comes in and does a lot of body work and breath work with the voice Um, and then of course there's nester with the overtones the harmonics and so yeah and then and then there's our daughter charlie cornblum who's really what look out for her because she's well, she started this with me in my stomach. This is how you know I started this sound journey. She was right there. I was pregnant with her, and now she's doing the ancestral voice. You know, and she's 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 doing really well with that. She's got amazing uh, vocal range, and she does, and she helps people to to access and find their tribal sounds. And those tribal sounds, they're not. Something either that are like stylized on tribes. They are your tribal sound, you know, which is which is very interesting. This whole concept, and of course, it's a very ancestral sound as well. And so she's 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 working with that. So that's a very lovely two-week training that happens in July this year, and then there is um, the harmonic sounds live, which um, is going to happen soon. Um, later than I hoped, but it will happen, <laughs> and definitely will invite you for an interview there. We would like if I don't know. Do you do interviews, Natalie?
0: I do. Yeah, I'd be honoured. So cool. <laughs> cool.
1: Okay. <laughs> Super. So we will invite you for sure to do one, um, if you wish. And uh, and so and then and then we have uh, the online academy, you know, because this is what's happened to us. We have been thrown into the technological world, and and although you say, oh my God, how can you do this online? I mean, how can you do this online? Well, you can. <laughs> I've decided you can and um so uh, you know we've done everything in english and then everything in spanish so it's been a year and a, a month already that i've personally been working full on on this and it's going to be finished any moment now we've we've got two two courses up there which is free your voice which is based on the book so i've got that in spanish as well because we have to be bilingual. And uh, and in English too. But Nestle's going to be posting his uh his harmonics soon up there too. And so it will be the whole toot. It'll be there, you know, the whole, the, the whole um <clears throat> online. And then I've just released a new CD um called The Way of the Heart mm. with my Gorgeous friend, uh, Mika Polfrid from Belgium, and that's basically a, a CD that you can you can look at in Spotify. It's there. It's all all on major. It's on all major platforms. I'm supposed to say that Um, (laughs) and um, it's (laughs) it's songs and chants and mantras for people to work with uh, with themselves and also with their groups so it's like you can use it in your workshops and things and it's it's a it's a beautiful cd it took us a year to make and we just published it we just put it up there on the 9th of april so just a few things happening, Natalie, just a few things, but I have to promise my family no more <laughs> for the moment.
0: I'm sure there will though, I'm sure there will. Yeah, it's hard to, uh, it's hard not to keep uh, coming up. I mean, it's exciting, it's exciting stuff, but you're right, all those things take time, you know, the, the online and of course, any kind of recording project. So congratulations on all of that. Um, Thank you. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. It and is, you're right. You know, is. I think a lot of us wondered one year ago, you know, how will this work online? How will we connect to people? But you're right. It does work. It does work. You know, it's different. It's different. I'm a main person,
1: but Absolutely. I'm amazed. I mean, I started, we, we work in Belgium as well with our training, and we have a different format in Belgium. We go over for four weekends. And we do like long weekends to, to get the whole training in. And, you know, I was, we were very optimistic. And the first weekend I managed to get across to Belgium and I met the group and we were like, yes, and I'll we'll see you next month. And of course, that didn't happen um, because they locked down again and they wouldn't, I couldn't go, I couldn't, we couldn't travel to Belgium. And so our organizers in Belgium were like, oh, my God, what do we do? What do we do? And so they said, well, why don't we try to do this online? And so we took the whole program online. And the group were amazing. We didn't lose anybody and everyone was there. And I thought the first time I thought, how can we do this? How am I going to do this? You know, like these these, or like 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 right now, I can see you in a little square, you know, and that's it. You've got all these squares looking at you. And how are you going to do this beautiful work that deserves so much more, you know? but hey it we do it we did it and and no and everyone was was super transformed and i was really surprised i have to be honest after you know after the work i was so surprised that people were coming up with wow this work has really you know been such a transformational journey and i'm thinking my god it even online it's a transformational journey so it has to work <laughs>
0: No, there's no limitations to the energy trans- transmission, you know, there's a little bit of I um, I don't know, a learning curve with all the technology, but you're absolutely right that, yeah, there's no, no limitation there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh.
1: Thank you so much. But I don't personally. like it. I have to tell you, be honest though. You don't, yeah, yeah. I, I much prefer to have you know a room full of breathing people, and uh, and and it's it's there. I I much prefer that. I'm really praying. Yeah. Well, we're all praying, aren't we, in our ways? Hey, we're all praying.
0: You know, it, and it will shift. But then at least you do have that you're going to have the all these online resources now for people that perhaps wouldn't want to travel or they're very far away or for whatever reason now you've done the work and it'll be out there for for people to access in that way so you
1: know that's that's one thing that's true thank you natalie thank you
0: well wonderful thank you so much for your time it's just a joy uh to meet you and, and to hear more about you and I can totally understand how it would be transformative uh to to work with you you're just truly vibrant and radiant and (laughs) I think would could make anybody be able to express themselves I I, I just feel it so thank you for all that you're doing for people and and uh I encourage people to Uh, you know access your book access the the online things that you're doing if they can't make it to spain but uh i appreciate you and all that you're doing
1: thank you darling well let's hope that uh, we meet one day
0: thank you for tuning into this episode of sounds heal podcast sponsored by the Ohm shop and spa and keep up to date with what's coming up next at soundshealstudio.com check things out on Facebook at Sounds Heal Studio and you can listen to all previous podcasts as well as music meditations on the YouTube channel at Sounds Heal Studio be well and stay tuned